You know, I had a whole other intro planned, actually, but I was thinking about as we sang those words to turn your eyes upon upon Jesus. About four years ago, I was in a sort of stressful season of my life, and and I remember God giving me a vision of the face of Jesus smiling upon me in the midst of that, that time where I was feeling pressure and stress and the things of, of, of the world, the things of this earth felt like all shaky. But when I saw Jesus' face shining upon me, smiling upon me with a twinkle in his eyes, what it felt like, that was the, the face of God towards me was delight and joy and love. And in the midst of that, the things of this earth grows strangely dim. And I think that that's so important as we even get into what we're going to talk about today in 2 Timothy. It's called Servants of God in a Divided Land. We love this country and our whole world, actually. It's not like a divided country. It's a divided world, actually, that we're living in. And everything is filled with division. And it feels like the world's kind of going crazy in a lot of ways. But when I turn my eyes upon Jesus, the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. It's strange to think that we would be able to not be stressed out or afraid or worried about the things of this world. But when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we're able to do that. And so that's where we want our focus to be today. Uh, We want our focus to be firmly on Jesus, and then he will then minister to us wherever we are in that. So I just want us just to get right into it. Okay, let's get into this passage. Grab your Bibles. Grab the device that you're looking at the Bible upon. It's the words of God that matter, not the paper pages. And so we can look at them however we look at them. (laughs) So find them somewhere, and let's look at 2 Timothy, this next passage that we are at in this series called Worth the risk. 2 Timothy 2, verses 23 to 26. It says, But refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition. If perhaps God may grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. Okay, so this passage, this is one of those that kind of reminds me of, um, it's one of these passages that kind of tells us what to do very specifically and clearly in a situation that's hard, right? I love uh, another one is 1 Timothy 4.12. Just uh, the other, the earlier letter from Paul to Timothy, I talked about this verse recently even, but it says, hey, Timothy, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. And he he does that where he's like, okay, you might be feeling like people are looking down on you because you're young. Don't let them do that. Here's what you should do. You should set an example in these five aspects of life. Now the same one here. It's like, hey, don't like, don't get don't buy into all these quarrels and controversies and speculations. Here's what you should do instead. You should not quarrel. You should be kind. You should be gentle. You should be patient. You should be able to teach and instruct and talk about that. But recognize God will change people's minds, not you. So he gives us some simple instruction, 
right? And I like that. It's, it's very helpful. And you think, uh, as we say, servants of God in a divided land, we are, right? There's all sorts of crazy controversies and speculations and quarrels and arguments and all of that in our world today and in our country today. And we are given instruction here then for how a servant of God should act in the midst of that. We know we're in the midst of it. How do we act? All right. Let's, let's look and be reminded. Now, again, uh, this verse. Refuse foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. So this point that I have here for us is refuse foolish controversies. Now, why do I change that to controversies there? Well, because this Greek word zetesis means controversy, argument, or useless speculations. Okay, this is what that word there uh, in the NASB, which is speculations. If you have an NLT, it says arguments, some different things in different places, but this is what that word is about. So refuse these controversies. We are, like I said, there's a world of controversies. There's all sorts of different things. There's all sorts of uh, different arguments happening in our world today. People are arguing about very important things and also very seemingly not important things. Or you don't know if how important something should be in this world, right? There's all sorts of arguments about every single topic. So we can have theological discussions and arguments. We can have political arguments. And it's like, have fun bringing up masks and vaccines at your party this afternoon, right? You know, it's like, that's going to be great conversation. Uh, so uh, all of that, right? We know that these things will produce quarrels, right? Don't be bringing all this stuff up all the time. It's just going to produce quarrels. So be careful and thoughtful about how you do this and what you bring up. These only start fights, it says, and God's servant is not to be quarrelsome. Okay, now uh, I like this verse, Proverbs 18.2. This is a convicting verse for me. I'm, I'm guessing it will be for some of you as well. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. <laughs> That's in the Bible, right? Like sometimes these verses just pop off the page depending on kind of like what's going on in our world. And this does for me. But fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Now, I... I know that I'm really good at seeing how other people break this proverb, right? <laughs> uh, I'm sure you are at other people too. But it's like, I know I can also look inward on this. And I know I've been guilty of this. I, I know I've been guilty of even hurting people in the past where I've aired my opinions in a way that wasn't with the, the gentleness or kindness and all of that that God calls us to. And I've regretted that. And I've been trying to grow in that. I actually think that's a way that that I have been growing and I want to continue to grow in is the way that I will air my opinion about something. But do I actually have an interest in understanding? That's like the one that can get you. Like uh, recently I did a little bash online of uh, young people. Okay, you excited for that, young people? So I did my bash of young people was because I remember when I played video games as a kid, I liked to play the video games. For some reason, young people now like to watch videos of other people playing video games. And I just think that's weird. And so I remember like being annoyed because I, I remember like being so frustrated, like 
when is it going to be my turn? I just want to play. I want my turn to play. That was the boring part when you had to watch other people. Now there's like a billion dollar industry of watching other people play video games. Now I've had people then say, well, you know, I'm watching because I want to learn how to be able to beat that level or whatever, or do that thing well. I want to learn from it. I'm like, I have no interest in understanding. I just want to make fun of you about this. Like, come on. You know, like I, I just want to air my opinion. I don't care that you have a legit reason for this. And so that's what I mean. Okay, that's where you don't want to be that. That's a sort of a silly example, right? But we can live that example in more serious things. So we want to be careful. We want to actually care about hearing and, and having understanding of someone else. So we're to avoid these foolish and ignorant speculations and that we should have a focus in on what is most important, a focus in on the gospel. Now, I felt like this would be an appropriate time to bring this image back for us. This image is a, a pyramid of a, kind of essential and non-essential um, theology or, or, or these sorts of things. Now, uh, it's foundational truths, foundational thoughts and opinions, like what issues are foundational, what issues are supplemental, what issues are incidental. Now, this thing gets tricky, okay? This thing gets tricky because what I want to talk about foundational things, foundational are truths for salvation. What are things that we have to have agreement on to be saved, to be a Christian, right? What do you have to have agreement on? These foundational truths, these are absolute commands. These are the foundations of our faith. Then supplemental, this is, supplemental is the hardest part because supplemental are things that really do matter. They're very important. It's important to have a well thought through viewpoint on these issues, but they might not necessarily be a truth for salvation. You have good people might have different opinions on these. Followers of Jesus might have different opinions on this. So we should consider carefully what we think in this area. Then there's incidentals. Incidentals are, you know, more of a, of a feeling. They're more of something that it's just okay to have a different opinion on. Now, I want to um, walk through a couple, like, examples. Okay, this is, gonna, this, this is probably going to, like, make a couple of you mad even about some of this stuff, which is fine. It's we're going to get into it, okay? Uh, <laughs> now, um, I want to walk through a couple thoughts and examples on some topics. I want you to hear me clearly when I say some of these things, because if I place something in a supplemental category, that does not mean it doesn't matter, okay? It matters very much, but what it is is I'm, not, I'm saying it's not a truth for salvation, okay? Do you get me? You know I mean? You're like, let's just start there. We're together. We want to just, we want to be in this journey together. All right. Um, hopefully you didn't bring any fireworks to throw at me. But let's talk about worship. Okay, let's talk about worship music. Worship music. Nobody's had an argument ever about worship music in the church. It's an area of great unity within the church. And <laughs> that is pure sarcasm. All right. So then what is foundational? Foundational is who we worship. It is foundational of who we express our worship towards. Are we worshiping God or are we worshiping um, just anything else of this world, some other idol of this world? So who we worship is foundational. Supplemental. The lyrics of worship songs. Supplemental. The lyrics of worship songs. Sometimes you can get like where, oh, I don't know if I like how that expresses this or that, or there could be some, uh, some discussion on that. Now, there, there's some certain songs that will have a little more controversy around them, but within that, it matters a great deal. The, the words of our worship songs really matter a lot. 
But at the same time, if somebody kind of like gets it a little bit off here or there or is different here or there, maybe that's not necessary for salvation. Now, incidental would be worship style. Worship style is just straight incidental. What, what instruments are played, what like style the songs are, the volume, all that stuff, purely incidental. Okay, so that's where we have to recognize where we're placing something. And a lot of times, you can see even with an issue like that, it's incidental that we almost might get more hot about. You know, we're going to get more fired up about what is the incidental aspect of that. All right, let's get a little, let's, let's take it a little deeper. How about communion? When we remember the death of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice through taking of the bread and the cup, communion, right? Last Supper, all of that. What is foundational? What is foundational is what communion means and what it does. Are you saved by taking this? You know, right? Like, are you saved by eating the bread and drinking the cup? Do you have to do that to be saved? That's foundational, right? A next level, uh, supplemental, might be who gets to take communion? That's been kind of a little crazy hot button issue in the news lately, and I'm not expressing an opinion on that. Uh, we don't like check your ID at the door. We, just, we expect you to make that decision between you and the Lord about who is going to take communion, who's allowed to. Uh, some of that also stuff in there is, is like, what happens to the communion? Does it like become the actual body of Christ when I'm swallowing it? That whole thing, right? Like we have some really strong differences of opinion and I don't think it does, right? But it's still, I would say, in that supplemental category. And then you've got incidental. Do we use these strange styrofoam bread things or do we use actual matzo bread like, like Jesus probably used? I think that's incidental. Would I like to get back to the matzo bread soon? Yes. Okay? <laughs> but at the same time, that's not what matters most. That's incidental. Okay? Are, are you still with me or no, no tomatoes? No? Okay. Okay. All right. Um, now, uh, let's go a little bit more. Let's talk about women and women in leadership and ministry and that kind of stuff. We'll see how we're doing after this. All right. So, foundational. <laughs> foundational is how are women saved? Do you have to, like, the Bible talks about, like, childbirth. So do you have to have had a kid to be saved? Is it your household is saved? That a woman is saved because her husband is saved? Is it something like that? Like, that's foundational truth, right? That's a foundational thing of understanding how people are saved. Then you get into supplemental. And then I think it would be something like women preaching on a stage like this or female eldership right? That's an important issue. It's an important issue for us to understand and have a viewpoint on, but I don't think that another church that might, like, we, we have male eldership here at this church. I don't think another church that has female eldership, those people aren't, like, going to heaven, right? Like, I don't think that is a necessary truth for salvation, that you can have some difference, although it's really important, right? It's really important to think it through and have a strong viewpoint and a reason for why you believe what you believe about that, and then you have incidental, where I would say incidental is like, do we use the title pastor or director for a woman at, at a church? Okay, what, whatever that title would be. I would say is even in the incidental category. All right, so you've got foundational, supplemental, incidental. You might be with me, you might not, that's okay. Now, all right, foundational. Um, some other foundational things, baptism, right? Are we saved by being baptized? Well, no, I believe no, we're not. So that's an important issue to have a strong opinion 
on. And then you get into um, like infant baptism, stuff like that. And then maybe it's in the supplemental category, but like sprinkling or immersion, maybe incidental, maybe supplemental. You know, I don't know. Okay, so exactly. But we can have some strong opinions about things, but I want to move on from this. There's all sorts of other topics that we can get into from predestination to sexuality to creation and all of that. Like there's all sorts of really important thoughts we, we need to be able to have on these issues. But what we also just want to be careful that we don't do is treat something that's incidental as foundational. Now, a lot of times what can happen with this is, A, you can, you've gotten into these, like, you've gotten into these arguments and quarrels and all you're doing is starting fights. And that's not what a servant of God is supposed to do is just start fights, maybe about incidental things. Now, the other thing that you can do that you have to be careful of is you can place something in a foundation. So if you build your house with something that's not as important at the foundation, that can be removed and then the house could crumble, all right? So that's what you don't want to happen. That's what happens with like, here's an even more sort of like, this is what's going to be a little harder even for some of you probably. And that is about like creation, age of the earth kind of stuff, right? Foundational is that God is the creator of all things. God created the heavens and the earth. By his word, he spoke it into existence. And he is then therefore above all other little g gods. And especially in the Old Testament times where at him as creator, there were these other creations myths and these other worldviews and religions, but Yahweh God is the God above all gods. He is the one that created the heavens and the earth. Now, foundational. Now, maybe supplemental might be age of the earth. And you might be like, wait, what? You're putting that in supplemental? Yeah, well, I am. Because, like, is the earth either 6,000 years old or is the earth billions of years old? I believe that you can have people that are completely saved and are Christians that can have both of those viewpoints. All right? Now, um, then you get into even a little bit higher, like up into more of an incidental is maybe if the world is old, what's the way that God chose to have the earth appear old? Because I think in a, the way this works is when you think foundational, God created it all. Okay, well, what if the earth is old then? All right, well, then how did he? Well, we can believe that God still spoke the earth into existence, but he could have spoke it into existence in a maturity that was already there within it. He spoke that maturity into it. Now, these are very, so what I don't want you to get wrong is, I'm not saying you shouldn't really work hard and have a strong opinion about these things. You should. And so the reason I put that age of the earth in the middle there, in the supplemental, is because I don't think it's necessarily needed for salvation. But we also have to be careful of is what happens sometimes is when that becomes necessary for salvation, it's in the foundational category. So then you get somebody that a young person goes, believes that, goes off to college. College just like for them irrefutably proves to them that the world is billions of years old. Maybe not even at some you know, public school, college. It could be at a Christian university. Even at a Christian university in a geology class that I took, you know, 25 years ago at a very conservative Christian university. You know, that kind of thing where you're taught that. And then as you're taught that, if that's in the foundational category, all of a sudden that's been removed and now your entire building has collapsed. God must not be real. God must not be true. I've placed something in a necessary for salvation category. Now, I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying that's the wrong opinion or what's the right or wrong opinion on that. What I'm saying is it's, you've got to be careful where you place it. Okay, are you with me? 
Are you with me? Maybe some of you aren't, but it's okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> we need to be thoughtful about these sorts of issues and how we decide to fight about them. How we decide to go after each other about them or after others about them. It's important to have a strong opinion about these things and to study hard and go into it really, really well. But we have to also think about them in the right category, all right? Because sometimes we think we've built this beautiful Rocky Mountain range of mountains and God looks down from the heavens and says, Wow, you died for all those molehills, huh? You know, and he's just like, okay, I want you to die on the gospel. I want you to die on the truth of who Jesus is, his life, death, and resurrection, and what he has come to do, his love and grace, the forgiveness that he offers the world, that we are to have a kingdom purpose in this world and into the next. That's the core. So refuse foolish controversies. That's the what not to do. Paul was speaking to Timothy in his time. I mean, they're, they're talking about a works-based salvation, that you have to follow these Jewish laws to be saved still. They talked about how physical matter is inherently evil. Therefore, Jesus could not be physical. He couldn't have had a physical body. Therefore, he couldn't have had a physical resurrection. So these were some of those controversies going on. He's like, don't get into all that stuff. That stuff's off base. Focus in on the gospel itself. But you have to have right, you have to get into it. If you don't have any bricks, you won't have a building. So you got to dig into what you believe about these things, but place them in their proper category. All right, let's keep going. Okay, so refuse these foolish controversies. Secondly, we see this next part of the verse. The Lord's bondservant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to all, able to teach, patient when wronged, and with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. All right, so see that. This is about the opposition, okay? This is about those who oppose you on things. This is not just about your friends. This is not those who it's easy to do this with. This is those who are maybe your enemies or those who oppose you on your uh, theology or your ideology. And it says, be kind and gentle with your opposition. So now part of this even, it says able to teach in that passage, right? Able to teach. So we should be able to instruct and give our thoughts and give our viewpoints and what we have learned about these issues. We should be able to tell people that stuff. It's not saying give up, but it's saying to do that with love, gentleness, kindness, patience, okay? Bringing that in. And that's sort of like, we have to think through like how we do that, the right way to do that. It's not what we see most of the time on like the things like social media and all of that, right? But to be able to interact in this way with love and patience, gentleness to that opposition. And it seems like people who get aggressive about some of this stuff, maybe aggressive about something that's uh, a supplemental or an incidental, especially an incidental, I would say it's because we feel threatened. It's often because we feel threatened. Tim talked a little bit about that kind of feeling like threatened when he had the picture of the chihuahua, right? And uh, you think about, like, I, yeah, I was thinking about this this week because even just yesterday. So, because um, it's like small dogs tend to be the ones that are always like barking and fighting. And I think it's because they feel threatened. Yesterday I was running um, on Esplanade Trail and I had my dog Charlie with me. And Charlie's like 110 pound yellow lab. He's a huge dog, okay? Huge dog. And I'm running along and this little dog on this leash, this little dog is just freaking out. Just, 
and like jumping off the leash, like trying to jump off the leash, just attacking, wanting to attack Charlie. And we're running by, and Charlie does not even move his head. He just cruises, right? He doesn't even move his head. And then we like, the next people we passed were like, that was awesome. Your dog didn't even care. And uh, <laughs> I know, and it was so great. But because Charlie does not feel threatened, right? He's fine. That little dog, come at me, bro. I will just, I will snap your neck in a, like in a heartbeat. I've seen him do it to rabbits. It's gnarly, okay? Uh, <laughs> he will. He's not threatened. And I think because he's not threatened, he's relaxed. We have the God of the universe on our side, people. There is no need to feel threatened. I don't care what society or culture or politics or whoever. The God of the universe is not threatened. The God of the universe is calm. But we're able to instruct, able to teach, without being aggressive and freaking out, because we're confident in our God and His power. And we'll recognize that. Be calm, be gentle in the midst of that. Doesn't mean give up. It doesn't mean don't have opinions. Because some of this stuff's really important. Really important. And it's hard if you're the one feeling, it's hard to not feel threatened if you're the one maybe feeling oppressed or hurt or something. You know, you've got issues like these issues of racial injustice. Or it's an issue that's like where you, it really matters. It's really life or death. Issues of abortion, genocide in other countries. Like these are really important things to have an, a strong opinion about. And we should and we can. But even with those we handle it with gentleness and kindness and patience. So maybe think about how you could practice that this afternoon at the July 4th barbecue when that person brings up vaccines and you're the devil because you have a different opinion that they have, okay? Like, think about that. Think about how you can respond in that way. Think about how you respond online when somebody says something you disagree with and then every single comment agrees with them and then you're like, explode. Like they're all agreeing on this thing that's just crazy, in my opinion, right? How can you choose to let it go or to handle it with gentleness and kindness and patience? And we do that because it says, if perhaps God may grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth for them and that they may come to their senses <laughs> and escape from the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. That God is the one. God is the one that will change people's hearts. We're to be patient. We're to be gentle. We're to instruct in that kind of way to the best of our ability, but recognize that it is God who will do that work. And I hope that with that recognition of God doing that kind of work of changing someone's mind, I hope that there's a couple things in that. First of all, there should be a recognition that, oh, wait, Maybe I'm the one that's wrong, okay? Maybe I'm the one that needs to come to my senses. So there's a willingness to say, okay, Lord, okay, Lord, I submit to your spirit, work in me. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Lord, may I, may I come to my senses and have a proper understanding of whatever this is, a knowledge of the truth. And then secondly, hopefully you can just take the pressure off, right? Take the pressure off. You don't need to fix everything. You don't need to make everybody think the same way as you about everything. Take the pressure off. You can give some thoughts on some things, but you don't have to make everybody be exactly like you are. And also, maybe it takes the pressure off if you're the mom whose adult children have walked away from the Lord. 
You know, get serious with this kind of stuff, right? Where you think, okay, Lord, I feel like I got I to gotta fix them. I got to change them. I got to save them. And God says, submit to me. Be patient. Pray. That's why prayer is so important, stuff like this. Pray, Lord. I pray deeply because I know I can't change them. So, Lord, I ask that your spirit work on changing them. And if I need to change, change me. Because there might be some people that you really, really love deeply and you disagree about very important things. And how do you still live in love with that person, right? How do you still have that relationship with that person? And how do you model Christ for that person? The only black and white part here, okay, the only like thing that's very clear is to not be quarrelsome and to be kind and patient. It's not about whether your opinion about something is right or should be expressed. (laughs) The only thing that's very, very, very clear here is that we should not be quarrelsome, that we should be patient, kind, and gentle. Therefore, we have to pray, and we have to pray hard and ask God to be working and to be patient with difficult people, especially with the opposition. And I'm so grateful, like, I'm so grateful that God is patient with me. And so I I pray that I will be patient with others because of how God has been patient with me. This, the culture of our world is quick, is quick to act, and kingdom culture is patient. The culture of our world is aggressive, but kingdom culture is gentle. The culture of our world is cruel, but kingdom culture is kind. The culture of our world wants to destroy people that disagree with you, but kingdom culture is filled with grace. And so remember this. Remember this today. In this incredible, amazing country where we have the right to our opinion and we have the right to express our opinion, we have the right to express our opinion in almost any way we want to in this country. And it is a right we hold dear in this country. But remember that God says... Don't be quarrelsome, be kind, be gentle, and be patient and wait upon him. God's word is above whatever rights that we think we have, okay? We live out God's word. We have the freedom to live out what God tells us to do is how we should then live our lives. So that's, you know, a little easy thing for you guys, all right? So you got this, okay? You got this. Uh, Just... Next time you're in that crazy argument, just kind of think back. What is the Lord, how does the Lord want me to act? It's going to happen. You're going to be there. Like we said, you might be there this afternoon. You're going to be in these kinds of arguments about things. And it might be very, very, very important to you. But think about where is it placed, foundational, supplemental, or incidental, and how do I then act as I instruct? Yes, gentle, kind, patient, all of that. And so I want us just to keep our focus on the thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. And keeping the main thing, the main thing is what communion is all about, okay? This is the reason, part of the reason why we do this practice of taking communion, is it reminds us of our total dependence upon God and our complete allegiance to God, and that all of this is about the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we, we are grateful for that. We remember it. And we remember because we need to be reminded, right? We're, we need to be reminded because we get off track into all of our stuff. And God says, here, I want you to come back to this table and I want you to remember. I want you to remember what I've done. So we look to God 
And so right now, we're, gonna, we're going to have a time of taking communion. And what, we're, what I want you to do is just take the elements, hold on to these el- this, the elements for a moment, and put everything else to the side. We're going to sing one song. It's this song, God, I Look to You. Because we say, God, I look to you in the midst of all this, everything in our world. God, I look to you. As it says in Psalm 121, I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? No, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And so we remember Jesus. That's what we're going to do here. So hold on to them. We'll sing this song. Reflect. Do some business with God if you need things. If you have things that you need to confess to the Lord about right now. And then I'll come back up after this song and lead us in the taking of communion. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd help us with this. This is hard stuff. It's hard not to fight. It's hard not to argue. It's hard not to be right or to show how we're right, God. And so I pray, Lord, that you'd minister to our hearts, Lord. Keep us soft. Keep us loving as you are, God. Firm convictions, God. Very firm convictions. But gentleness, kindness, love. God, I pray that even now, we would turn our eyes to you, Lord Jesus. That as we look full into your face, we would remember your sacrifice and your willingness to sacrifice of yourself, your power for us, God. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We remember in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.